This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues. Enter promo code BREACH10 for 10% savings. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 334, for the week of Wednesday, the 7th of November, 2018. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. And John. This episode is brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Mego Gorn, and our discussion topic is a breakdown of the Sideshow Collectibles Bane Premium Format Statue. John, you're here. You're alive. You're back. Yes, I am. I am. Uh oh. Not with, not with any oh. audio problems. No, no. I thought this was we were talking like Bane. Yeah, and it's getting the most out of that Halloween costume. People wondered why we record we were recording to midweek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, before I ask people how they are, I want to explain why it has been a couple of weeks um, since there has been a new podcast in your feed. It has not so been even from I, even I'm confused. Yes, uh, it has not been from the lack of effort of making podcasts. <laughs> um, it has been partly uh, that I have been frantically busy. I think I've had actually what I would have to qualify as the busiest month of my entire life launching a new product, um, but uh, I for the first time it took 330 something episodes for me to actually lose some audio but i lost mm. some audio and i really mm. don't know how it even happened Woo-hoo-hoo. um and then because i was super busy it all became too hard and so what we are doing is we're doing a brand new show tonight and then there are over the next few episodes we'll be able to piece together some of the things sections that we recorded before but with new intros etc so uh thanks for your patience and here you are we're still alive and to make up for it we brought john back all right it hasn't been all that long this time no that's right no it's not a huge gap but it's not you know the same regular flavor with which we used to enjoy john yeah yeah i don't think i've talked to john for six months oh wow Mm. oh my goodness yeah it would be quite some time do you guys want a moment to catch up or Oh, I'm okay. feeling the love already. Okay, good, good. So, okay. so John, what has been happening in John Land? Um, it was Halloween this week, so you know, we we had some trick or treating activity going on. That was fun. Okay, nice. I I, I dressed as a T Rex. It was good. <laughs> Did you? Oh, awesome. Are there pictures? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on Facebook. Are they? So, I, uh, oh, yeah, I dressed okay. as a T Rex at work. Another guy did too. Oh, I we saw that. Yes, things. I saw the work one. Yeah, yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah, we had those big inflatable, and then I, I passed out candy that way. Um, <laughs> that, that was kind of cool. Uh, I, you know, some people thought I was just like a big inflatable yard thing. Oh, <laughs> really? So just start, like a decoration? Yeah, yeah, and so they were just going to walk by, and then, um, you know, they'd be like, oh, it's moving. And then some other people were like, or what surprised me were the little kids weren't scared at all. I, I think uh-huh. it's just cartoony enough that they were like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's a dinosaur. yeah. You know, a couple of the little kids, especially, they're like, dinosaur, dinosaur, and, and came running. So that was cool. That made it all worth it. 
Hmm. And what what was your trick or treater volume? Um, pretty decent this year. A lot of groups of moms with large groups of little kids, which which is good. You know, I, I like it when it's like that. So, huh. now I ran out of candy early because I didn't buy that much this year. So, uh-uh. uh, you know, I don't know if I missed the teenagers at the end, but uh, you know, it was good to see the little kids. That's really what it's all about. So, well, that's good. It's it's kind of becoming a bit of a thing here. It never used to be yeah. a thing, yeah. um, but we we've managed to avoid it. One year, we did actually get some stuff just in case, and nobody came. And because in our, uh, I think it was pr- pretty new where we live. It was right after we built our house. Now they do, but this year we were we were legit actually not around. No one was here. So, um, but there were. It's happening. What about in your area, Ben? We had our record attendance or, or visitation. Uh, oh, we've wow. had really, yeah, we've been in this house <clears throat> for eleven years, and it's been very mixed. Uh, we one year <laughs> being complete amateurs, uh, as you said, it's still a new thing. Uh, Mrs. Shake and I actually made up little sort of, you know, almost like gift bags of assorted lollies and chocolate and, uh, and that sort of thing. And they went down very well to the, you know, six people who actually came yeah. past. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we've learned our lesson. And I think the supermarkets are starting to um, respond quite well too because they do things like the the share packs of uh, even like Mars bars and things like that go on sale. Um, and uh, so, you know, we bought those. But we had, yeah, a record record number we probably had maybe 40 or 45 oh people goodness. come past which uh, surprised us because once the first couple had been we thought oh that's probably it and yeah. I, I think the difficult thing here in australia is um you, you have to put something out that indicates that you're participating kids don't generally just go from house to yeah. house and and see what happens you, you yeah. have to put some sort of decoration out to indicate that you are uh, you know, keen to do it. And um, we sort of had the opposite of, of what John was saying. And we had like a lot of little kids and that's pretty standard for us. But um, this was the first year where we had a group of teenage girls um, oh. all about kind of sort of, you know, 14, 15, and they were all dressed up like zombies, which was the zombies are very prevalent. Like there was, I, I thought it would be all superheroes, but there were a lot of zombies and there's a lot of variations of zombies. There's certain, um, occupations that have then been zombified. So there were zombie police and <laughs> things like that, which were great. But um, our, our our dog, she um, responds. Uh-huh. She's a, a terrier, so she is quite territorial. So every time someone came to the door, she would run to the door first and bark at them. Uh, and this group of giggling teenage girls saw our you know, West Highland white terrier and, oh, your dog's so beautiful. Can we pat her? So we opened the door and this group of about six teenage girls were fawning over her and patting her and she was in uh, absolute heaven. They were really, really polite. They were really nice. Aww. And then when we held we held out the bowl of stuff, they each took something and uh, thanked us very much. And yeah, it was actually it was, it was quite worthwhile, wow. actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we haven't actually done the walk um, with our three girls, but what I always do is we've got quite a long hallway, so I decorate that. And every year I, I sort of buy a few more bits and pieces to really um, 
you know, just add to the uh, the effect. And then they, they spend the next week playing in the hallway and uh, turning oh. all the lights off. And, and this year it was uh, I treated myself to a uh, lightning and thunder machine. It's like oh. about the size of a size of a coffee cup cylinder and you plug it in and it, uh, it projects lightning onto the wall and has the thunder sound and oh the, the girls just absolutely love it so it was good it was good it was it was it didn't fit nothing felt forced like it was actually you know people starting to really get into it which is good and i mean you, you still get your um you know your your misers and that who don't do halloween here in australia it's that typical you know it's such an american thing but you know in the lead up to, to Halloween and then through Halloween and in the few days thereafter, um, with my girls, it's never been about lollies or anything. It's actually been about just having fun. It's been about dressing up and getting into the spirit of it. So sure. that's that's rewarding that that it's not just about you know the you know the sugar. It's it's about you know having fun with your friends, getting into costumes and yeah. So yeah, yeah, that, good that stuff. was kind of the fun thing doing it at work this year you know you kind of because me and this other guy both had them on and you know see two little t-rexes trotting down the you know in the middle of a bunch of machines and <laughs> stuff and passing out candy it, it was kind of cool uh, a lot of people laughing and smiling and you know that that was cool to see people kind of just get to take a little breather you know so uh, are they hot did you did you have to you know yeah fr- freeze a handkerchief and wear it on your head to cool you down or something <laughs> um it wasn't bad at night but at work it, it got steamed up pretty quick um, mm, it, mm. It, it it was definitely you know warm inside and in your weather it would be really warm probably yeah um, well well yes that that's the other side effect for halloween in australia is that uh, it's usually about 30 degrees and broad daylight until half past eight yeah no it's it's not like that here here because it's it's dark enough we actually use our porch lights so if your porch light's on, yep. that, that's yep. how people, kids know that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. See, I mean, that, that's part of the thing is that in because we've got into daylight savings and um, the nights are getting longer, so it's still very light you know, here. But I think partly because we're right at the back of the estate and it's kind of probably not as many young families right where we are because it's the kind of bigger – Yep, more established in the houses, that sort of thing. So the, I can see a lot happening at the front of our estate where there's shops and other stuff, et cetera. But, mm, um, mm. yeah, the, la- the last time that we did have a go, we literally had no one. And we're like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> yes, uh, I've taken a, a large uh, container of leftover uh, sweets into work the next day. So all yeah. my uh, work colleagues were thrilled that no one came past. Yeah. <laughs> So in uh, acquisitions, um, we, we uh, sometimes chat about this at the beginning, and John, as soon as we haven't been together for a while, I would assume that we've all acquired something. Um, so, John, what, what have you been collecting lately? What has been uh, inspiring you to put out coin for toys? Um, Migos? Should, I mean, probably, no judgment. Yeah, I finally, yeah. I thought I finally scored a, a Migos Spock, but he's not here yet. I got him uh-huh. on the Target app. So that that was mm, good. Cool. Um, but uh, Mrs. Nerd got me the TARDIS that has all the flowers on it. Ah, uh, the pop the, uh-huh, the pop yeah. version, and then she yeah, got me yeah. the, pop, the pop version of Missy. So, I I, I really like that character in the mm, show. So mm. That was cool. Interesting. 
Very good. Yeah. Well, well, we'll talk a bit more about the whole Mego thing when we do your um, try of the week. Um, ben, what have you been acquiring? Uh, yeah, well, uh, one of the pre-order uh, establishments uh, I've been getting things from finally received what appears to be a, a shipping container of goods. So some items <laughs> that I've been waiting on for more than half a year uh, finally turned up, so I'm uh, almost up to date with Marvel Legends. But uh, one of the items was the Hasbro uh, cosplay Infinity Gauntlet, the one that you can actually wear, put your put your arm in, and it lights up and that sort of thing. And I actually realised it's the third item I have from the Hasbro cosplay range, and I haven't actually reviewed any of them. So I'm going to add that to my list. And uh, because the the glove, the gauntlet actually makes sound, I can add it to the list of things that freaks my dog out. So she's uh, not, not a happy camper on that one. Um, really? And the other – no, no, she, she doesn't like anything like that. So I can, uh, I can stir her up and then just put it on the ground and it gives me entertainment for about the next 15 minutes as she stalks it and pounces around it and growls at it and – tries to uh, pretend she doesn't see it and then comes tearing back to bark at it again. It's quite entertaining. But um, oh, I had a win in the Palisades Muppets. Um, I'm playing the long game, you know, the you know more than a decade long game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to get a whole bunch of them a little while back and uh, I'm sort of down to the point where I'm really only missing the the, the tough to get figures, the ones that are actually holding value, like pops, uh, uh, lips, and a couple of others. But uh, Janice was um, was uh, one that I was struggling because I didn't want to pay big big dollars for, and I just happened to have a look on eBay um, recently, and there was someone very nearby selling one for a good price that I actually managed to pick up in person. So. I've added Janice, and it's interesting. I, I often find the sealed-on-card figures uh, end up being the better deals than a lot of loose figures, and so I take great delight in, in opening them up despite the fact that they're worth quite a bit of money because you really just can't appreciate that line you know, unless you've got them open and in your hand. Like They are just so much fun. I, I don't have a lips. I have never found one for a decent price. When I no. It. No, I, I was looking, and I think the cheapest I could find one was about 180 US dollars. And oh I just, my goodness. you know, I, I can't pay anywhere near that, so I'll, I'll continue to uh, keep an eye out. I didn't realize that Pops was up there too. I, I I have him, but I don't. I'll go look at my stash. I may not have an extra one, but I might. So cool, cool. Yeah. So I, I think really. Um, I'm sort of getting to the point now where it's, yeah, it's those guys and, um, well, I mean, the backstage playset is that kind of. Awesome. You know, gr- yeah, well, it's it's in the grail category now because I I think I, I mentioned a while ago that I found uh, the Swedish chef uh, playset for a really good price because the box was absolutely trashed and, and the guy said it's never been opened but I've moved it so many times that the box is just completely wrecked and so. Oh, that's a shame. Okay, I'll I'll take it for a discounted price and then promptly opened it up. So it's hey. uh, yeah, very impressive. What about you, Mister Scotty? Any new acquisitions? Uh, yeah, I have an embarrassing number of 
boxes of Marvel Legends to open <laughs> that have just been sitting, you know, in a pile waiting for this month and launch to be over. <laughs> um, so I think I've got like a reward. Yeah, I've got the Sauron wave. I've got the Apocalypse wave. I've got uh, Archangel and um, oh gosh, something else too. Uh, and then, of course, Bane, who I'm we're reviewing tonight. And I think the other thing that I have acquired since last I spoke of acquiring is the Tweeterhead Superpowers Joker that goes with the Harley Quinn that I oh, cool. um, yeah. reviewed. And, oh, my gosh, I'm really loving this line. It is. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Um, yay. So, Do you have their uh, penguin on order? Now, their classic penguin? I have the classic penguin. Yeah, that that, oh, okay. that one that was the first one. So there's they um I'm pretty sure I reviewed him on the show actually, um like a while ago. So the the classic Batman line I think might be done now. Um mm. and uh I actually don't have the Joker from that because I missed it and every time I go to spend my entertainment money, there's something else there that I'm like, oh so I'm sure we'll get that eventually, but I've got all the rest of <laughs> them. Uh, and, um, the, I, I reviewed quite a few of those. Then the only ones from the superpowers line that are out at the moment are Harley Quinn, Joker and Supergirl, which will be the next one that I pick up, um, of the ones that I want to get. Um, and, uh, I'm just, yeah, I, it's great to see different companies come and do different things, um, and do them well. So mm. yay. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, no, cool. one of my tweets, we have a, a public holiday here on the on Tuesday for uh, a horse race, which is just ridiculous, <laughs> but um, I'll take it. And uh, that I'm going to treat myself by finally getting to open up these toys on that that day. Now, now will you take a little TV over and watch the race with Burger, or you know, <laughs> no way. <laughs> Nope, nope, oh. nope, nope, nope. No, doesn't, it's a, he, look, uh, he doesn't have any family members running? Or <laughs> look, you know, it, this is a matter of opinion, but it is, in my opinion, it's a horrible industry. Um, it, yeah. You know, the, the whole reason that we have Burger is, uh, who is the horse that um, we own, is because he was rescued off the truck to the knackers because he wasn't, uh, gonna make it as a racehorse, and the reason that they called him Burger is because they saved him from being a burger. Oh dear, you know, like, yeah. And um, it is yeah. They're the people that uh, make money in that industry. Certainly don't treat the horses like pets. They're commodities, and when they don't work out, then yes, yes. they can meet mm. very sad ends. So uh, yeah, ugh. um, yeah. So not my bag. You know, it's a big. It's a big deal, um, but I'll happily take the public holiday and not not watch the race. <laughs> um, it's funny because in like until I moved to Victoria, uh, it's quite a fun work thing. Like you, know, you have your sweep and you know everyone whatever. Like it's you do something and it's fun because it's not a public holiday. Whereas since I moved to Victoria, I don't even know what's going on with it. And then then the people are like, did your horse win? And I'm like, hmm, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cool. Well, I think that we have some great things to talk about tonight, and I think that we should probably begin to speak about them. So let's take a break, and then John can uh, 
flex his toy of the week muscles. I can do that. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, I love when John reviews things, and especially when he reviews him them here, whatever, he can review a him or her. It doesn't matter to me because I like hearing it all, and especially when it's here on the show. And so we are delighted to have John doing our Toy of the Week. Over to you. You know, I don't know if we know if this is a him or a her. I'm kind of N- wondering. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, tonight I'm going to look at the uh, Gorn from the new Miko line. And I know you're saying new Mego. If you've been under a rock, you haven't realized that uh, Mego kind of relaunched here in the States. They're distributed by Target right now. So this is Mego, but it's released in 2018. And that's an important distinction because there was an original Gorn that was a Klingon body and uniform with a recolored hit head from the lizard from the Marvel line in brown. So. <laughs> Um, it's a it's a really really bizarre figure but so this is a miko figure um they're carded and those cards are kind of like uh semi-vintage when i when i talked about Chekhov, um i talked about i would have rather have seen star trek ones on like a painted vintage star trek type card but these kind of all match so like when you see all the migos together they all kind of match stylistically i get it i just wish they would have done more of a you know vintage art for the star trek and and all of the the star trek ones were painted and i think like all the marvel ones were were painted as well so um they actually have little photos on these which which i think would have been cooler painted but i i get it um and they are carded they are not the friendly cards you have to rip them open uh. they, they run. um but you know for a vintage figure i'm okay with that so I was okay. just about to ask you, as much as I despise that because once it's open, it's open, it's not collector friendly, like for a vintage line, you know, is it acceptable? I, I think it is. I, you know, I, I like that. I mean, that's part of, that's part of it for me because I mean, these are all about nostalgia and, you know, if he was all packed in a figure arts tray with, you know, all his accessories all laid out where you could see them and, I, I think it'd be a little different experience. I mean, that's kind of what you're buying here is that nostalgia. And I, th- I think it's good. And and the price on these is uh, like 15 bucks and they were on sale for a while for 13, huh. you know, for a, for a, what, seven inch figure. That's, that's not bad. You know, that, that's not bad at all. Um, yeah. I, I to think get it that is a nostalgia it, hit. I, I think it, it, for what it is and obviously to keep the price point, Low, you know, it's um, the people that are likely to collect these are obviously keen to open them, etc. Um, you know, I'm not a 
a fan of the not collector friendly stuff, but I also understand price points and particularly to get this stuff back into production. Um, if that's what needs to happen, then that is cool. Um, it, it does, I think mean that I'd, I'd probably be less inclined to buy them just because, you know, I'm not a big displayer of that stuff because don't have room. Um, but the, and if I think about something like the Mego, one trails like I still got my um, a couple here on the the desk that I reviewed recently, um, and uh, you know if they came on a card, well, a I wouldn't pay what I'd pay for them, um, but mm. be, <laughs> be, I don't know, I'd be a bit bummed. So, eh. but well, you know, this I mean, is your you're review. Not, <laughs> yeah, you're not buying. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a completely different experience because, like, uh, that experience is more akin to buying a new cell phone or something. You know, you feel like when you're opening up that sleeve and everything, but this this is more that nostalgia. You know, yeah, you want to get that 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 hit from what you know. Oh, I remember doing this as a kid, and um, you know, especially I, people have asked me different places what what I'd like to see next, and I still don't want to see anything past about 1985 in this style. I just don't. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to mm. collect it. Um, but like this vintage Star Trek stuff. I actually like this better than I like the McFarlane stuff, which I finally saw just because it feels more appropriate in some ways. Um, mm. But uh, I, so a good point, I think Dad, that you made, because what they're doing at the moment is very much that sort of, you know, 60s, 70s nostalgia stuff. And um, I, I think it suits. I think that in the same way that the Funko, Oh, you know, what are those? The three and three quarter uh, reimagined. Oh, the reactions. Reactions, yeah. et cetera. The, the, the stuff from that era to me worked really well, whereas the stuff they, the modern stuff they did, I was just like, I, I don't get it. I don't want to see that stuff in this, you know, sort of format. And I, I agree with you. Like, I think Brady Bunch and Charlie's Angels and stuff, it's really cool. Um, whereas yeah. I don't want to see, you know, Hunger Games or whatever. Like that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, anyway, we better move on to Mr. Gorn here or Mrs. Gorn. Um, the head on this is completely different than the original. The The original looks more lizard-like. This actually looks like uh, the mask used on set uh, somewhat. Um, you know, the, the teeth are semi-sculpted. Uh, the, the mouth doesn't move or anything. And I, I don't know that it did on the mask. You got the big ridges up over the eyes and... Um, if you're familiar with the Gorn, this is the the creature that Captain Kirk had to fight to, you know, on the planet by himself with no weapon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's green, um, and uh, you know he's got a pretty much standard Mego body too, except for the fact that um, below his knee is is been resculpted. So he actually has looks like uh, little knee pads, which are weird because mm-hmm. you got to think, oh, okay, so these creatures develop knee pads. They must play a lot of football <laughs> or something, you know? Um, and then he's got like a, a, a shin guard type sculpting as well. And then, then he has like little claw feet, which are, are different than the regular, you know, human feet. So um, there, there's some different sculpting between the head and those, but then the rest of it's kind of like a standard Mego body. Um, but you know, it's, and it's all green. So if you want a green Mego body, this, this might be your chance, uh, you know, it's not the Hulk body, but it's just, it's green. So, <laughs> um, 
but but the head just being that classic head um you know you just i just look at him and it just makes me smile um he's got big white eyes um i have seen some people take and put like glitter into the eyes to make him look a little more like they did on the show but to me this is more how the figure would have been painted vintage times so i'm i'm perfectly okay with this um they they have updated him because it's amigo he has he has a cloth outfit and i know this is probably semi crossing into doll territory but it's like a a weird pleathery type material with like a copper shiny animal print um it's kind of a cross between oh i don't know like a wrestling singlet and a skort that <laughs> has a neck piece i, I don't know a so it, it goes around his it goes around his neck and then it kind of comes down into like a loincloth thing but it's all like one piece um i have not tried to get it off he does have a uh, a black belt like pleather belt sewn into it um which which is pretty cool because it kind of covers up his accessory belt but i'll get to that in a second so um I really love the fabric they used here because it, it actually looks like some kind of animal hide, but it's coppery, which, which really gives it that sixties feel, you know, it, it's, it, it definitely looks like something you'd see in sci-fi in the sixties. Um, and then he actually has two pleather wrist gauntlets that are completely sewn. There's no like snaps or anything on, they just slide over his hands, but they're made out of like a red pleather, um, you know, so that if you got another, if you had like a superhero, you could use it on. But I'm not sure which superhero would use those. But you know, it, they're still cool. Um, you know, they're not like oven mitts or little vinyl things. They're actually pretty heavy and they're they're really nice. Um, so you know, he can he can battle Kirk with his uh, you know block with his front forearm or whatever. Um, it, it is amigo, so you know he's he's actually got a strung body. Uh, where we're used to kind of, you know, the the hinge and disc type uh, elbows and our shoulders and stuff. He doesn't have that. You know, it's it's like single joints and the knees and, and elbows. And then the, the rest of the hips and shoulders are, uh, you know, just basically held together with like a big string, big rubber band. Um, that has led to one small problem articulation wise. His left arm, the hook that, that goes into that arm tends to catch on his body on mine. And I don't know if that's just a problem with mine. Like the hook needs a little adjustment. I probably could go in there for a little pair of pliers and maybe, maybe work that out where it doesn't catch. So if you want to like hold his arm straight out to his left side, he, uh, it catches oddly. The right one doesn't. So I don't know, like I said, if it, what's, what's, what's what there, but, um, you know, unless you're doing Gorn calisthenics, yeah, it's, it's not going <laughs> to bother you a whole lot. Um, <laughs> Well, that's it. I'm definitely not buying it now. That's the only yeah, reason yeah. I would, you know, get it. Of course, would be to do Gorn Calisthenics. Um, wrists have hinges on them, and they swivel, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, he stands fairly well. He stands on his own. Uh, he also has a waist joint that's held together by that rubber band, so he's basically just a bunch of pieces rubber band together inside. Um, so that is what it is. Uh, he does come with a accessory belt. This is the same belt that Chekhov and Sulu and I, I'm going to assume Spock and everybody else come with. And it has a little holster for a communicator and a phaser. But to differentiate them here, um, these are red recolors of the standard um, phaser that came with Chekhov and Sulu and the communicator, which which is maybe a little on the 
reuse side and probably not screen accurate because uh, I doubt that the Gorn, even though we didn't see any of this stuff with them, it's just nice. I mean, they could have included nothing and, you know, it would have been screen accurate, but, um, you know, or I'm actually surprised they didn't include nothing and just give him like that little communicator thing that he had because hmm, hmm. they had they had like a universal translator in the episode. But uh, that's not what they did here. They, they actually gave him like a little phaser communicator to give him. You know, those play features you would have wanted as a kid. And I, I think that's true. You know, you think about Star Wars, there were a lot of people that came with guns and stuff that you, know, oh, yeah. you never saw a gun with in the movie or whatever. And I, I think that's pretty common. So um, I, I think it's appropriate here, I guess. Uh, the belt, the accessory belt works better here than it did on Chekhov and Sulu. It doesn't like seem as bulged out. Or maybe it's because it's not. You're not trying to fit it under their shirt or something. I, I don't know. Um, but it looks a little better. fits a little better. And, um, you know, holds those accessories pretty well. So um, he doesn't quite grip the phaser real, real tight. But, you know, that's just how those things were back then. It's, it's definitely an accurate reproduction. So um, I do love the head on this guy just because it is so screen accurate, but yet so sculpted so vintage. It actually has the little ear holes in the back. And I, I didn't put the picture in where you could see those, but, um, you know, you can, you can see the ear holes and it just, you know, it's such a goofy sci-fi character <laughs> that a lot of people recognize. I mean, it's so sixties, but it's so, you know, perfect for this line. I, I, I just, I'm, he, he's my favorite out of the ones I have so far. Um, and, and Frankenstein's actually a close second, which surprised me, but, uh, you know, this, this is, this is definitely my favorite of the Star Trek ones I have so far, just because, uh, he's updated. He looks like he did on screen and, um, I, I'm pretty happy with them. I gotta go. I'm, I'm going to go nine out of 10 just cause you know, I think there's, there's always room for improvement, but, uh, I'm going to go nine out of 10 dollies here. Hmm. Cool. It's such a iconic, uh, like vintage sci-fi character. And then I think that the, the Mego, the original Mego, it just kind of taken a life of its own, hasn't it? That sort of, oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, that and uh, I, d- this to me definitely is uh, costume wise. You know, it's um, like got a really uh, different sort of look from other pieces. Probably that there was a Diamond Select one, I think, um, when they did some of this kind of style. And this probably looks a bit more like that than the original Mego, but both, but this looks a lot more like the original um, screen representation, I think. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. you know, the, it's, it's fun. It's, it's super fun. I think it's really mm-hmm. cool that they, mm-hmm. that they did it, you know, because it would have been uh, a bit of a toss up, I think about whether or not it would sell um, to beyond the, the, Guys like yeah, you think <laughs> you, you, yeah. Well, you'd think well, will they go you know Klingon or you would have thought they would have done one of those more modernly common. You know, you think Klingon, you think uh, what Borg, you know, something like that are, are classic Star Trek villains now in our head. And obviously, a Borg wouldn't work um, for the vintage ones, but but definitely the Klingons would. And I'm kind of curious to see how they eventually do the Klingons because, you know, obviously our interpretation of Klingons has changed over the years. Um, so it'll, it'll be an interesting little, little take on that. I'm hoping they do the, you know, straight up classic one from the show, you know, no, no forehead bumps kind of thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the the Romulan they put out now is is definitely classic. So um, as soon as I find him, I'll, I'll have to get him too. But you know, they they could have went with they could have went with say the Salt Vampire, right? That's another mm. vintage mm. classic Trek. Um, and said, hey, we're not going to do any of those over, you know, that we we did before. But to redo him and put him out um, so that everybody could get him and get get this version of him over the the vintage one. It would be fun if they did an exclusive, um, you know, vintage styled one, hmm, maybe, hmm. or, or yeah. recolored this one with a, a, a brown head and a Klingon uniform or something. Um, I, I'd buy that, too. I, I think, for me, I'm going to try, and this probably isn't going to happen, but I'm going to try and limit myself to the Star Trek ones, even though I also have Frankenstein, and if they put out a mummy, I'll, I'll get a mummy, but um, just because I really... I really love this feel of Star Trek. You know, this, this feels like mm-hmm. what, what I remember Star Trek as a kid as, mm-hmm. and, and I love that, you know, um, having, I, I did a picture of, uh, uh, Sulu and Chekhov with, the the one twelve collective mirror Spock. And, um, yeah, he's a great figure, but these feel more like Star Trek toys, not collectibles. Yep. Yep. And, mm. I, and that's, that's mm. what I love about it, you know? Hmm. That's a really good point, actually, that, you know, these are allowed to be toys. They don't just have to be collectibles. Yeah. I mean, for that price point, you can let your kids play with them. You can go, hey, I had this when I was a kid. Or, you know, if you have a whole box of them somewhere, hey, look, mm. look this is what dad had as when he was your age, you know, and, or, you know, you're just walking by because they had them on an end cap for a long time. And it was like, you know, people walking by and look at them and going, oh, I remember these, you know, I, and I heard that actually at a store when, when I was in there. So interesting. Um, you know, it's always fun. So cool. Well, thank you very much for that, John. It is always great to hear you reviewing things. And I'm a, as a Star Trek fan myself, I'm enjoying vicariously you collecting this line. <laughs> uh, we have not seen uh, them in Australia, as far as I know, um, mm. only you know, available online, but I don't think that target here is likely to, um, get them. Um, so we'll, we'll just enjoy yours at the moment. Thank you very much. And, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll take a short break and we will come back with our discussion topic of the week. The Star Trek USS Enterprise gift set with command chair, console, three telescreen cards, and five Star Trek action figures. Place Mr. Spock or any Star Trek figure into the transporter room. Spin the control knob and press the button. Mr. Spock disappears. Pretend he's left the deck of the Enterprise for outer space adventure. You can capture the Klingon and bring him back to the Enterprise. Star Trek USS Enterprise gift set. Star Trek action figures also sold separately by Mego. I was brought back specifically to torture because this week our discussion topic of the week is something that caused me to re- quit reading comic books for a while. <laughs> well, at least the character did because I just did not like uh, what what he did the Batman comic book line. Anyway, that aside, we are, of course, talking about the Sideshow Collectibles Bane Premium Format statue. And I think both the boys have this, so take it away, boys. Both the boys do. You we got do. first, didn't you? I did. I did. I, I went the, the pre-order route. So is you, do you have the exclusive? I do. Not, not uh-huh. for any particular reason. Uh, I just thought that uh, this one might be reasonably sought after. 
uh, and didn't want to sort of miss out or need to chase yeah. it down on the secondary market, etc. So I simply pre-ordered. So not not for the uh, the sideshow exclusive. Yeah, I you know this is one that uh, I didn't feel the need to pre-order from sideshow. Um, the exclusive portrait wasn't something I felt like I needed, and mm. I actually thought I'd probably miss the boat on it because I had it my eye on it um, on pop culture, which uh, would have been the only place I could have gotten it from here and um, didn't grab it when I had the opportunity. Uh, But then I was super fortunate to pick it up um, on Facebook at a really reasonable price. So, um, and from someone who'd bought it and then decided that they didn't want it. And uh, so I'm very happy about that. <laughs> um, you know, for, now, I, I think I've said before when John and I have you know, uh, talked about Bane that my love of Bane is nothing to do with 90s Batman backbreaking Bane. Um, it's uh, Gail Simone's Secret Six is where I yeah. – uh, it's a very different version of the character. It's when he's not on Venom, etc. It showed a different side, and that is – uh, what really uh, made me fond of the character, and certainly the only reason that I um, own this. So I did blame Gail um, on Twitter, and she retweeted me. Um, so th- <laughs> thanks, Gail. I'm poor now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Drawn by Nicholas yeah. Scott, who has been a guest on the show. Um, um, very good. I've hmm. got a piece of, I've got a piece of original art of a page, a Bane page from Secret Six as well. Wow, mm. I know. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the character. I think very early on uh, in my comic reading, I kind of realised that a lot of uh, Batman's villains, you know, many of them born out of. Uh, almost humour more than anything, um, you know, reflect uh, reflection of the TV show at the time, obviously, um, was what, you know, drove a lot of the Batman stories for a long time. Um, and so I, I realised that Batman doesn't tend to have a lot of formidable uh, villains when it comes to physical confrontations. It's always, um, you know, riddles and jokes and spinning umbrellas that squirt acid or something like that, um, even, you know, Two-Face to a certain extent. So, um, you know, for me, the introduction of Bane being such a, a, a physical um, challenge for Batman was uh, was a good one. It was a welcome one. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I certainly love Bane via Secret Six, etc. cetera, um, but I recently sat down to read a whole bunch of the most recent uh, Batman comics because I'd fallen behind by about 18 months. Um, And so I sat and read about 20 consecutive issues when I was home by myself. And uh, Bane features quite heavily um, in, uh, you know, the the recent Batman stories and is written extremely well. They've really done some great things with the character. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's ever been a time that I've, I've sort of disliked the character. Or I've enjoyed what they've done. Now, now, had you read the Bane origin kind of before? Because there was a graphic novel that came out before he started in the whole Nightfall thing. The Vengeance of Bane, yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't have that available, and I don't know if maybe that that's part of it. Because for me, I was just reading month to month. 
and then all of a sudden this character kind of comes out of nowhere, you know, as a big bad for a, a, a milestone issue, really. You know? Yeah, and yeah. It, 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 I think that's part of my problem is, is it didn't feel right, you know. It should have been one of yeah, his classic yeah. villains to me. That, that's just me, but <laughs> I, I get it. You guys <laughs> might turn my opinion someday. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Fair. Of course, the other thing well, that could a uh, you know put someone off buying this is the uh, price because it uh, was mm. you know on the more expensive side of the premium formats um, to begin with. That I think it was seven hundred US, and that's not shipping. And, Man, that's wrong. Yeah, shipping to Australia is the main reason why I thought you know I I, I don't I don't need the exclusive of this. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, mine did ship uh, directly from China, which is what SciShow does now with international customers. And I think this was the second statue that shipped under that new regime of going directly from China rather than from China to um, to Los Angeles and then from Los Angeles you know, on to international customers. Uh, and that's actually been really, really disappointing. I know SciShow is actually saving money, but... Uh, it sees about a oh, about a twenty percent increase in the cost of shipping uh, because it comes at EMS uh, from China, which is their sort of FedEx equivalent, uh, and, and it's hmm, possibly the second biggest box I own. It, uh, mm-hmm. it it's truly colossal because uh, it's not just a big box. Uh, for, I, I don't know why. But some sideshow statues, when they put the art box inside the shipper box, they choose to use some little yep. kind of pyramid feet to create a gap. So there's a about a two-inch gap all the way around the art box between the two boxes, um, you know, to create a, a bit of a buffer so that the art box, you know, doesn't get damaged. Uh, and so when you take a gargantuan box and you put it into a ginormous box, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's quite considerable. I had this delivered to my work because it was being sent courier and wouldn't go to my PO box. And that I wasn't there when it arrived. And I like, you know, I've had a couple of things delivered to it before, but they were like, what did you just get sent? Did you, <laughs> like, is it the contents of your house? Have you been evicted? Is like, yes. Like, is your whole family in there? You know, like, <laughs> yes, and the thing is, uh, Bane is a, a large chap uh, at the best of times, and we're talking one quarter scale uh, Bane, and we're also talking about Bane, uh, who is uh, right in the the throes of uh, being venomized. So uh, he's uh, he's pumped. Let's just say he's uh, you know he's pretty uh, he's pretty built. So he is a heavy dude, uh, and it's a good-sized base as well, and it contributes to a very large, very heavy box. And, uh, yeah, it might have almost been the, the the straw that broke the camel's back for me, um, not, not literally, but um, figuratively in terms of ordering from Sideshow because uh, the increased shipping costs, the, the 10% um, GST, and the drop in the exchange rate, uh, I'm just not seeing anything that Sideshow's putting out that's that's worth that additional expense. Yeah, it, it is confusing to me why this being shipped from a 
closer to home should cost more. Um, that doesn't really make sense to me, but it is what mm. it is. And, it, you know, it's yeah. a, um, that, that is okay. Um, so yeah. credits wise, Martin Canal um, is, I think the main sculpture uh, for this in a, um, you know, sideshow regular, but then there are sculpt credits for Guillermo Barbiero as well. Um, designed by Walter O'Neill, Corin Stone, uh, Zach Roan, uh, amongst names I know. And, oh, yeah. Mm. It's great when you see these names in the credits. Like, you just mm. – um, uh, now, I believe it's Can- Canale, Martin Canale. Um, <laughs> I-, I think he is just exquisite. Like, I really think anything that he puts his hand to just comes out um, astonishing. Like, you know, he did the original – uh, Captain America, the one that we know and love. He did the the Lobo, uh, amongst many others, and uh, he's just he's just got a skill for this. I, I think he really is, you know, among the best of the best. Very, very good, very good. The box is, uh, you know, we we always kind of talk about the crapshoot that is the uh, sideshow art box, and this is kind of just in the middle for me. It's not. Yeah. Com- completely phoned in, um, but something that 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 has been happening recently, which I don't you know, know how I feel about, is like the well the pictures of the piece. I, th- I actually prefer that to just you know blank, uh, you know just really plain mm-hmm. you know, boxes etc. But um, it, it's yeah, you know, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a cityscape behind him, and you know some some really cool comic style, you know, lettering of his name, etc. That's eh, good. That's yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the one, best, one not th- the worst. No, no. Um, one thing that I, I think is a shame. I when I put my photos up on Facebook of these, and there's an album up of this, I always try and take a um, picture of the bottom of the base because uh, one of the things that I always really like about the premium formats is the fact that the bases often have, you know, some great design uh, on them and you kind of see them once, you know, and then they're too heavy yes. to pick up <laughs> underneath. <laughs> and so, and this is, this is quite cool because it's kind of you know, the, the Bane mask with logo, etc., on it. And so mm. do have a look at the photo album if you, if you get a chance, because it is quite fun. Um, and then of course, once you, even when, there isn't a figure on the base. It's still actually pretty hefty to turn over. This is definitely the biggest statue it base is. of anything that I own. Yeah, it's it's got to support um, a big dude, and so it's a it's solid, solid piece. It's not that wide, like it's no. uh, it, it, yeah, it's it's quite compact in the scheme of things. But because of the nature of the bat signal on top, it actually adds to volume um, and being solid. It's uh, it is a heavy piece. So the the design idea here is that Bane has uh, made his feelings known about Batman by <laughs> stomping on the bat signal and giving it a nice nice dent, <laughs> as well as yes. the, as well as some you know cracked glass. It's really uh, really nicely done, both in terms of the detail and then also the sort of weathering on it as well. Like it looks like something that has sat outside, um, et cetera. It's um, really quite a yeah. clever um, design. And I guess a way to, a, a good way to support the, uh, the big figure as well, because he comes, the figure itself comes minus heads and hands 
um, and Venom Pack, and uh, has the the trademark sideshow right knee raised pose. Um, <laughs> but at least he's got a reason this time, instead of it just well, being does, uh, you correct. know creative. Yeah, he has a reason because he's stomped on the bat signal. So, you know, hooray, they found a, a way to incorporate the, you know, sideshow one leg up. Don't you just wish they would do a uh, Captain Morgan-like statue? To have that <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It's really funny. Um, this was all really easy to put together for me. I don't know, Ben, if you had to drill anything. I didn't, but you know, when I saw the peg hole kind of, well, not the peg hole, but you know, obviously his foot fits nicely into that um, bat, that crushed bat signal, and as you said, they've kind of simulated the broken glass uh, and, and that sort of thing. I thought it's going to be a very precise fit, and knowing my history, I thought this is just going to be, you know, agony. This is not going to fit, and no, no, you you take the big fella out, and it actually, uh, yeah, it slot together quite well. You know, very easy. Hands and head then are uh, assisted with magnets. And then we have the Venom pack on the back. Now, can I just mention the hands? So you, you take mm. Venom out and, you, and, as you said, minus the head, minus the hands. Uh, and so you, you lift out the, this huge body and, uh, you know, you, you're kind of looking at the bulk and feeling the weight. And, you know, he's got the mixed media pants, which I think work really well. Um, I love that. And- Sorry. Can you say that? I love mixed media pants. The- mixed media pants. Media <laughs> pants. Like, I think I'm going to wear my mixed media pants. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Anyway, carry on. Yes, carry on. yes. And uh, but then you've got to go uh, and get the hands out of the box. And one of the first things you think of is, my God, these these are like children's hands. They're <laughs> they're, they're gigantic. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're absolutely huge. <laughs> they, um- this, you, you can't convey just how big this guy is like you know he's obviously big because you know the venom has has increased the size of his mass and so he's incredibly muscular but it's it's this quarter scale oversized guy and yeah he's he's pretty much the same size as the hulk premium format like you know physical mass he's gigantic i think he's 23 inches tall and i mean that's 23 inches tall hunched over yeah yeah so the venom Pack goes into uh, his back, and I actually put a photo up of the back without the um, pack in it, just so you can see the. De- oh, actually, maybe I didn't. I did take one, but um, they've, they've actually the the sculpting and detail on his back um, is really quite amazing because you know you can tell what a horrible and painful thing it is. Um, yes, and I mean some of yes. that's obviously. Uh, paint that's contributing to that, but the the sculpting that's gone into this, and there's actually two pieces of the Venom pack. There's a pe- the pe- the big piece that has got the tube attached to it that slots into his back, but then there's a smaller um, piece that is the piece that's like going into his neck as well, and um, yes, that and all- there's that little piece in the middle. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. That confused me for a moment. So the, <laughs> there's a, a piece in that is kind of loose, but is actually what attaches um, the tube to his armband, and then mm-hmm. another one that fits on the wrist. So it's quite a. Um, it took me a moment How just those to kind of attach. Are those magnetic or are they? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. pretty cool. 
little magnets. Yeah, I actually found that my so the the, the venom tube is actually a plastic tube, um, and I found that mine once I connected the um, the venom uh, I, well the venom pack to his back and then the you know the injector thing to his forearm. Um, you've still, you've got that piece in the middle that you you click into sort of his tricep area, which which kind of also holds it um, you know holds it in place a bit. But I actually found that the way the plastic tube was twisted, I struggled to get that middle piece to actually uh, connect. So I, I had to leave the the plastic tube out for a, a day or so to kind of let it you know un, uncoil. I don't know what the right word is to sort of loo- sort of slacken it a little bit to lose some mm. of that tension. Mm. It's interesting you said that because the chap that I bought this from who had, you know, um, it had been displayed, mentioned to me that he'd had an issue like that when he unpacked it, but that he thought that it would be fine for me, and it it was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, you know, this is the traditional Venom. He's he's wearing his black pants. He's got the the tank top or the wife beater on, plus he's got – some uh, very tactical looking gloves and of course uh, you know the huge combat boots um uh, now as scotty mentioned he does have the swap out portraits he has the 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 classic comic portrait but then he has a a second portrait that is more in line with the uh the video games so it's very much the arkham style um i didn't like it (laughs) probably yes Yes, I was. I was just like so, you know, it's not like if they'd if they'd had an unmasked head, um, which uh, you know was which is really Secret Six. Um, you know, yeah. he he doesn't doesn't wear the mask a lot. I would have been all over that, but otherwise, no. yeah. I was actually thinking about that in in getting ready for for the discussion for this episode, and I thought, well, what what could you have done if you hadn't have done that? And I thought, yeah, there is an unmasked, but you know, really. It's not like Bane is known for that look without his mask. Like it's it's kind of like you take the mask off the Riddler and he just looks like some dweeb. You know, there's yeah, he's, no. he's not he's not memorable. So look, I think it was a good choice. I know a lot of people online were were thrilled to get the uh, you know the, the the you know the game head. I guess. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I. I saw pretty much universal acclaim for this statue when it came out. Everybody that got it was in love with it. And, you know, I have to say in terms of the sculpt, um, it's it's just exquisite. I think Martin, as I said, is uh, a real genius. The, the little touches um, that they've done with this piece in terms of, um, you know, like I said, those gloves aren't, aren't just sort of like fingerless gloves. There's a tactical feel to them. There's small metal plates sculpted into them. His belt... Um, is uh, really really well done. It almost looks like a, a bit of a utility. I mean, you know, there's there's really, you know, nothing that I can nitpick. Oh wait, there's one thing. There's one thing. There's one thing that I'm really struggling with, and um, it's the only. You know, if I was if I was doing this one solo and I was getting a, a dolly rating, I'd be taking a point off. But and it, it falls into that category. You know, we've talked about this in the past about you know you knew it when you bought it. Um, and so should you take a point off because, you know, you, you saw that before you ordered it. But there's this gravity-defying thing happening with his clothing. Um, so, you know, Venom is completely pumped. I'm uh, talking massive, massive. Can I just um, clarify, we're reviewing Bane, not Venom. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, you keep calling him Venom, and Bane. I was like, eventually he'll Ven- work it out. Yeah, so. <laughs> <Yes>. but <laughs> he's, he's, are like, he's Venom. Venomized, yes. What, okay, what sorry. I, I listened to Bane is venomized. Okay. Just, <laughs> I just have a Venom yeah. figure nearby, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, this, this is Bane on Venom, so he is incredibly muscular. Uh, and in particular, his trapezius, which are the muscles between your shoulders and your head or, or between your neck, um, those huge trapezius muscles uh, on Bane are, are really <laughs> the size of his head. But this is where the straps of his uh, tank top <laughs> go over. So, oh, what are you laughing at? No, I'm laughing because I... Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, keep going. Um, yeah. The way his his tank top, uh, you know, the wife beater has been sculpted, um, it's actually sculpted along the skin. And so as the straps come up over his trapezius, they go down and into the grooves of his muscles and then over the top onto his chest. Now, I, I, I don't know how in real life you would actually – achieve that i don't know how it's worse on his right shoulder than his well if this left. was marble we would say that they're just made of unstable molecules right? unstable that's molecules a, that's, yes, right. that's right i mean yeah. you know i, so, I have none of, none of those muscles so i have no idea how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but can you uh, uh, oh, I was going to say Scotty's photos aren't numbered but if you if uh, you have a, I, have I see a, what you're saying yeah it's it's really awkward like i don't you know, obviously they would start at the top of the trapezius and just go straight down to the chest, but instead they really go over and go into the grooves of the muscles, and it looks it looks really awkward. Like it's it's that's just not what clothes would do. So, um, yes, I think, think of all of the reality bending things to pick on <laughs> here. Definitely, it's that. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> Certainly not the you know. Um, a whole venom injecty making you big thing. No. Do you think um, they'd have been better suited though to make that soft goods as well? Oh, well, that's what I was thinking, and like a spandex. I, yeah, I, I well, I have to wonder how well it would age well, if there was ten on it. I, th- I think that the piece you're pointing out is probably why it wasn't soft goods is because it would have, because cloth doesn't behave like that. So it, it would have been really difficult, I think, to have it stretch over those giant muscles and yet be form fitting um, mm. on the, the chest and, and belly in the way that it is. Um, I, you know, I definitely agree that some of the, the muscle definition that's coming through the um, sculpted shirt is a bit of a, um, puzzler, um, but <laughs> it's you know it is um, something that I did notice that as well. I was like, oh, that's I don't know. There's probably a little a little bit of attempt to for it to be not actually muscle definition, but sort of draping or stretching. Um, but it's yeah, very, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, some drapery in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, other than that, I, I think the, the sculpt is, you know, really quite impressive. I, I love that, um, you know, people like Martin take the time to do things like the venom injector on the the back that you mentioned, where it's going into Bane's, you know, lower or upper upper back, lower neck kind of thing. Um, you know, you're never going to see this 
part, it's always going to be, you know, facing away from someone looking at the statue, but it just looks fantastic. And as you said, you can see that when when Bane does use the venom, it takes its toll because uh, it really does look like quite a mess um, on his back. But um, the thing that still gets me with this statue uh, uh, is the paint. You, you wouldn't think there's a lot going on here, but there's some amazing subtleties. Oh, my goodness. The... Uh, if you look at just like with the skin tone and the the veins, um, like I don't know if it's a wash or I mean there's definitely some sort of wash over the skin tone, but whether they've actually then done some specific highlighting of veins, etc. But yeah, it, it's yeah. pretty amazing, pretty. Amazing. And he's got freckles. He's got lots of freckles. Like it's it it's like they've taken the time to go. You know what would a guy who's body is constantly under stress you know you know look like what what would his skin be like so you don't have this generic smooth one color sort of skin tone that that looks like it's been painted on you've got this fantastic application of you know it really does look like he has you know little pimples and and freckles and things like that and then as you mentioned, you know, there's some really amazing highlighting uh, of veins, not just around where it's, um, you know, being injected into his his upper back, but you know, um, you know, on the like his biceps, for example, you can see that uh, obviously the effect of the venom that's sort of coursing through those veins, like it's it's really quite uh, impressive. Yeah. Now, I I I wasn't sure about the paint work on the skin tone from photos because I kind of felt like, Oh, maybe it looked a little bit overworked or whatever. But like when you just see that the work that has gone into sculpting, what, what the effects of him being drugged and, you know, uh, bulked up like this Mm. would be on the underneath the, the surface. I I think it's, it's stunning. The, the, Because and I think this is where a sculptor um, has to really think and research if they want to try and make it realistic of you know, wh- wh- which veins would pop up, you know, etc. And it's kind of it's a little bit gruesome, but it is it's amazing. It is, and it is, and you know, there's. It's hard to tell with sideshow. They're uh, they're, they're very uh, protective of why they choose to do things a, a certain way, uh, and we've had discussions about why some premium format statues don't have mixed media and some do. And it's and you know, for a long time, that was actually the definition of a premium format is that it had some kind of mixed media. Um, but in this particular case, you know, the pants just work so well. Um, they really do look fantastic. Uh, it doesn't draw away uh, from the fact that the rest of it is sculpted. Like, I mean, this statue just it, it gets more and more impressive every time you look at it. I've actually got him sitting close to a window, um, and I'm convinced that you know, the light coming through the window helps that venom tube sort of uh, you know become even more sort of luminous than it already was. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. I think um, that. The, the pants, I, I'm really happy that they did get that mixed media in there. It works. It uh, And, and I, I wonder, I'm sure these go through lots of iterations before they decide what is going to be what. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had had a go at a fabric singlet and then just decided it wasn't going to 
to work. Um, mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. piece that I love about this as well is the the sculpting of his boots um and and then the paint yeah it's just amazing in terms of the detail on the lace-ups the different it's all sculpted but the different types of material that are um shown through both the sculpt and the paintwork is amazing right down to what looks like a really amazing you know pair of steel toe you know yeah and they're weathered yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's um, they don't look you know brand new. They look like they've actually been through some stuff. It's it is great. Um, it's interesting. I have a I have a mixed media pant question here. Do they <laughs> actually have a little? Do they have a little weathering like at the top of the boots on them. Like, is there a little bit of paint on them? Because uh, it almost no. looks like it from your pictures, and I I didn't know if that was just the way it was lit or. Huh, no, I don't mm. think so. That might just be... Um, oh, actually, maybe I'm looking at the pictures too to kind of see detail. Um, mm, yeah, I think that could just be kind of light. Mm. I, I wouldn't say it's deliberate. No, no. Your awesome photography skills. Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, just I just add in extra. I just try and throw in extra weathering for where I can, where I know you're going to be looking at it, John, because <laughs> I realize this that. is going to be discussed. So I, I also rolled my statue in the dirt ten times just to. Nice, nice. I, I appreciate that. That's kind of a con. You know? Well, I yeah. wanted to make you know. I knew that I was torturing you, and making you be here. So, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that it was and put some time and thought into it. Well, his fin- either way, his fingernails are freaking me out. Yeah, they're gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hygiene's not one of his things. No, they're gross. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's like medical fungus grade, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he needs a cream or an ointment or something there. For sure. <laughs> Some eucalyptus balm. Yeah. It's interesting that you that – my um, quibble – that my only quibble with this uh, – is also with the singlet, and it's not actually so much the muscle definition as it is that the you know on the on those giant shoulder muscles, you know why does the strap get wider at the top? I, I know it's kind of it just yeah it's it it, it is a little <laughs> bit awkward. Um, the a hard thing to to do either way, I guess. Uh, I um, kind of wonder why he bothers to wear it at all. Like it's not serving a purpose. It's like he is he trying to get into his local you know club for to get a schnitzel or something and he you know and there's like a, you must have you must be wearing a shirt um, no thongs can't yeah. can't walk into Seven Eleven you know he's a slurpee well we don't um yeah like Australia doesn't have a standard no shoes no shirt no service thing um mm. you know like you can, you can walk into your Mac your local Macca's barefoot or whatever like it which you know. Mm-hmm. It's not my cup of tea, but there you go. Um, the but yeah, you, so but to get into a get into a, a RSL or something like that, you, I don't know. This would fly. They some no. some of them have like you know a, you must have a college. Would, would you tell him no? <laughs> no, that's exactly right. <laughs> Whatever you want, sir. <laughs> Whatever. You want. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. The side side salads included for free. <laughs> I'm so I'm su- I'm surprised it doesn't say like uh, security on the front of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if the original iteration of this it was mixed media 
and this has been added after. Yeah. Because that would explain those things, you know, like if somebody came back in and did it after the original sculpt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might have been a manufacturing issue. Sideshove's certainly upped their game in in sort of the recent, uh, well, probably the last 12 months, and and they've really um, taken producing statues to a whole other level, but this might have been sort of too much to uh, achieve in that mass production. Hmm. So one thing that this is doing is making me really seriously think about the Killer Croc. Uh, from it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm in a bad place with Sideshow at the moment. They're they're pissing me off. So, <laughs> well, it's still like it, yeah, Killer Croc is still kind of around um, for not horrendous prices, like like yeah. rel- all, all being relative. Um, so, and, uh, but anyway, I like watch this space cause I, I'm just enjoying the, the Batman family, uh, premium formats a lot and enjoying having kind of building that little universe as it was. Then I'm like, well, oh, you know, I, I was, uh, and you know, Bane is, is fast becoming one of that's like, it's, it's just um, amazing, but you know, I just don't understand Sideshow um, and and they're thinking, you know, we're getting another Joker, we're getting another Harley, we're mm-hmm. getting another Ivy, we've got multiple Catwoman statues, uh, and yet we've still not seen a Penguin, a Riddler, a Two-Face, a Mr. Freeze, a Rachel Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, yeah, Nightwing and Robin, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the, the good guys. And, I mean, I've heard again and again that uh, female statues sell. Uh, and that's pretty obvious because they're redoing all the, you know, the ex-women uh, as well. But, you know, it's it's really quite infuriating when you're waiting for some of these characters and, you know, everyone was waiting for the Flash. So what do they do? They start with a new Batman and a Superman and a Wonder Woman and it's just like, come on, guys, you know. I mean, yes, okay, they threw us a bone with, with Green Arrow, but it's quite infuriating. I, I don't know. It's annoying me if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I could. Well, which which head would you want on the Killer Croc? Because isn't there two heads for that too? Uh, I have zero interest in the animal head. Um, that's that's never been my Killer Croc in the comics. Yeah, the, well, that's why I think because that was the the exclusive, wasn't it? And that's um, yeah why yeah. I was like, well, I don't need to worry about that because that's not Killer Croc as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah, um, well, I've yeah. I've put off getting him because he's actually quite small compared to Bane. I've seen photos okay. with them yeah. alongside one another, and he's he's not that big at all. He's actually um, he, he's dwarfed by even Batman himself. So, well, they're all uh, oh. Batman because yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to space him out a bit. See, I always thought of him on par with Batman, or not Batman, but Bane, you know, like size Exactly, yeah. I, I thought he should have been one of the ones that is uh, is this big, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, yes. Watch this space. And in the meantime, I reckon we uh, have covered Bane sufficiently. Thank you, uh, Ben, and also thank you, John, for enduring. And... Uh, I think we should take a break and we will come back with a little bit of feedback and then we will wrap this all up. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. 
To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, we love it when you give us feedback, uh, especially if it's nice, but all, you know, all feedback appreciated. And you can email us at podcast.actionfigurebelieves.com. You can tweet at us at AFBlues. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, etc. And I have some tweets that I'm going to read out and we can respond to, etc. Uh, first of all, a funny one um, from our friend Peter, Peter Bierce. When I, with the, my tweet about uh, Gail Simone's fault for me buying Bane, etc., and Peter said, we all know that it was Engineer Nerd pretending to be Scotty that posted this. Bane is his favorite. <laughs> yes. So you're exactly right, Peter. You you found us out. No problem. Um, <laughs> um, now, this one is from uh, CL, and it says, what do you guys think of NECA's new diorama set? Oh, is this the, the one they repurposed from the Ninja Turtles? Yeah, they, they released that on its own. I, saw, I actually saw it on pre-order over at Hobbyland Japan. Yes, yes, love um, it. I'm getting one. I do too. Mm. I want is this it. The, but, stri- um, the street scene one? Yeah. Yes, yes. Originally um, came out as a, as a New, New York Comic Con exclusive. Sure. It, it was a Ninja Turtle set with <laughs> sure. similar. I like that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going with until someone tells yep. us different. Um, but I, I think it had a more cartoony feel to it, and obviously you know, they could reuse those molds and make the colours a, a little more uh, realistic. And, uh, yeah, it's coming up for pre-order pretty soon. I think it's up at Big Bad and a couple of others. Um, I, I like it. I, I used to be uh, a crafty back in the day pre-children, uh, and, and I had visions of, of building a couple of dioramas to, um, you know, better assist in toy photography and stuff, and, um, you know, life got in the way. And so then I saw something like this, and, you know, if all else fails, buy your way out of it. So, well, yeah, I think if- for... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if it turns into more, like this one doesn't, uh, as a photo backdrop, if there was something a little bit more generic, I would buy it. Like, um, I love this. I think it looks amazing. How much is it? Uh, one, ten, something like that. Oh, so like three billion I, I, Australian. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, but what I don't know is, um, like I said, I saw it on Hobby Link Japan, so I don't know what the markup on it would have been. Yeah. NECA are getting very clever in this space because, uh, you know, I remember saying some time back that it's only, it's a matter of, only a matter of time before NECA, you know, exhaust the possibilities with things like their aliens and predators, only so many variations and reuses uh, that you can do. And, um, you know, they've obviously realised that as well. And so now they're starting to do diorama pieces. They've done things like the, um, you know, the, the the pillar 
for the Aliens vs. Predator diorama. They've done the, the Predator Throne, um, the Planet of the Apes. Um, the, was it the, the Watcher, the Keeper, the, I don't know, whatever it's called. Um, you know, yeah, that's the one. Thank yeah. you. Um, and they did, I think, the furnace for Freddy Krueger, and and I think that's that's really clever. People, you know, love this sort of stuff to to add to their shelf. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really quaint. So it's up at Big Bad, and it's uh, it's 110 US. So yeah, about okay. 650 Australian. Hey, I judged about right. Okay, good deal. <laughs> I think for like uh, Batman figures, this would be awesome. Um, even Spidey. the. Uh, well, I've got the Netflix uh, Marvel Legends. I think those would look cool on this as well. Mm. Hmm. Yep. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yep. Uh, I, I think it's the sort of thing that you can easily add to. I think, John, you know, <clears throat> way back, was it you that was making the the garbage bags? Um, did you have the, the, the little what? little garbage bags back in the day that you added to oh, dioramas? I, I, I had one. I had one from Peggy Hill. That's what it was, the King of the Hill figures. Yeah. Yes, and uh, that's the sort of thing that you could just throw on the street here, just to sort of add. add yeah. To it. I I think there's a lot yeah. of potential here. Yeah, there's yeah, a market I, for you. Many garbage well, banks. Well, the nice yeah. thing here is they've they've kept it clean. So if you want to graffiti it up with turtle stuff, you could do that. Or if you wanted to graffiti yep. it for, you know, uh, Gotham City, you know, you could put specific Gotham City stuff. I I hope that card photo backdrop on the top level is changeable because I think it'd look better as a night one. Mm. It's almost too bad they didn't make that reversible. And they might in the final one. You don't know. Yeah, I love true. it. True. Mm. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Our, our last piece of feedback, I won't read out the whole thing, but it's from Larry and where he was asking about uh, whether or hi, not Larry. we could... Hi, Larry. Larry was asking about whether or not we could bring chapter markings back and add more detail into our show descriptions. So more detail into the show descriptions can do. I do put the title. uh, I do put all the things that we are reviewing in the episode title, but I can add it to the descriptions as well. Um, The chapter markings were a old garage band feature that doesn't exist anymore. And I have not, I have looked Mm. a couple of times and to find ways to add them in now, but I think that could be like, I haven't worked it out. If anyone knows how to do it um, <laughs> in a way that isn't super time-consuming, then mm. I would definitely happily bring them back. Um, what I can do in the meantime is uh, add the items all into the show description as well, and if time allows, put the times in it for each um, piece that we are reviewing. So mm. thank you for that. Larry, people ask about the chapter markings because I used to happily add them in. Um, but like I said, uh, when I think back when Apple decided that these, this podcast thing wasn't going to take off or be able to make them money and they took the, <laughs> um, the garage, they took the podcast set up out of garage band. And so, um, and just made it all harder. So I was using the old version of GarageBand until it wouldn't work on my computer anymore um, just for you, Larry, just so you know that we really did try. We give, we care. <laughs> so much, so much. And we are glad to have had this time together. Glad to have John here. Glad to be getting um, our app back together after the lost audio and confusing um, moment. <laughs> 
I have one little small shout out. Um, I want to thank the guys over at Open Your Toys Podcast for having me on for their 10th anniversary show. It was a lot of fun. So um, happy anniversary over there to to Jason and Lotus and Vern. I really appreciate talking to you guys. Very nice. I know they look. I, I know they listen. So sweet, very good. And uh, I'm all for opening your toys. Exactly. Yeah, but I would prefer them to be collector friendly. Opening, not tear your toy packaging apart. I wouldn't listen to you that know. Show. I, yeah. I actually thought about um, at the first uh, checkoff. I tried to use a little exacto knife so I could just slide the tray out at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it went like horribly wrong, and I was like, "Ah, I'm not keeping them anyway." <laughs> I like that. It went horribly wrong. Fair enough. Cool. Well, thanks so much, everybody. It was super fun, and uh, we will see Indeed. you next time. Um, be safe and careful. See you next time. Have your Adam Spader neutered. <laughs> We've missed you. <laughs> Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 